Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. is no one who compares to you but you have been kind enough that in Christ Jesus you have drawn us to yourself and Father Almighty God may you and you alone take all the honor glory and adoration we ask it in the name of Jesus and in the same attitude of prayer, we ask Holy Spirit that you take absolute control. We pray for brevity and simplicity. But most of all, Father Almighty God, as your word goes forth, let your word do that which only your word can do. Change the hearts of your people. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, celebrate the Lord somebody. Let's give God some praise. Let's honor the Lord. We give him praise and glory. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, today um, I, I will start with the title of my message. And it's, it's one of those very interesting days. Ladies and gentlemen, the title of my message is Heart Surgery 101. And that's where we're going to start. And we're going to focus on the heart as we have done. And so last, in the last two weeks, Pastor has laid out um, six hearts, especially last week he detailed six hearts that are primarily malfunctioning, and this is what he laid out. Just to give you a review, there are six, and one of them was a deceitful heart. That's a man that is double-minded, or a person who's double-minded. Then there is a hard heart, a proud heart, an unbelieving heart, a cold heart, and an unclean heart. And it's quite a daunting list. And for many of us, as, as um, Pastor Shola mentioned, we found ourselves in one of those spaces, not all of us, but we did find elements of those hearts showing up in our lives. And so what we realize is, when we look at all those six, and this is why we call today Heart Surgery 101, all six of those hearts malfunction in a particular way. They have a variety of malfunctions, but when you boil it down, there is one thing wrong with all of them. And if we can, as our, we begin our journey to healing, if we start at the foundational level and then we can go on to deal with the more complex elements of those hearts. And today we're going to start at the foundation. And so you, you may ask me, okay, so what is the primary function of a heart? Because that will tell us where the malfunction is. And the primary function of a heart, ladies and gentlemen, is it's there to believe. The primary function of our heart is to believe. And we realize that's the, the basic function of our heart, is to believe. 
And Romans 10 verse 10 tells us that. It says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we realize the primary function of your, your heart or my heart is to believe. And so if our hearts are malfunctioning, the one thing we have to solve is that the heart that does not believe in any way, shape, or form begins to believe. And so ladies and gentlemen, if you could turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, and the reason I want you to do that is let's look at Heart number seven. So we've looked at one to six. One to six are malfunctioning. But heart number seven is the one that functions properly. Second Chronicles 16 verse nine. And the Bible says the following. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now, the next phrase is being spoken to a king, not to anybody in this room, not to anybody online. This is a king who was going through a challenge. But while the prophet was speaking into his life, the Lord drops the gem that this is the kind of heart the Lord looks for. And so the Bible does complete the sentence and it says, Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. That's not your story, neither is God speaking to you regarding that. But what God is speaking to you regarding is that the kind of heart that God looks for, that the Lord looks for, is the one that is perfect. Now, perfect does not mean flawless. When you look at that word in Hebrew, it doesn't mean flawless. When you look at that word in Hebrew, the word has three key meanings, and I'll, 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 lay, I'll lay them out for you. Number one, a perfect heart is one that is complete. That means there's nothing missing. Um, a perfect heart is one that is friendly. That means you are friendly toward the one that you are believing or the one that you are focused. And the last part is a perfect heart is one that is full. The Bible says, and it's a very interesting thing, that God looks for people who have hearts like that, so that he may show himself strong on their behalf. So, ladies and gentlemen, the journey that we are going to go on today is one of the most beneficial journeys we'll ever go on. Because once you have a perfect heart, or you have a full, a complete heart, or one that is friendly to the Lord, the Bible says, Rather than you looking for God, God will start looking for you. And he will look for you so that he can show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. And so let's go into that. And so that is what a heart is meant to do. And so the question we have to answer, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to our core text, is how do we believe? And the answer is not far-fetched. And so this is our core text, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to read the entirety. And, and, it's, and the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is while Noni was praying, she literally presented it to you in Scripture. But I'm going to pick on another one of Paul's prayers, and I'm going to start from Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verses 14 to 21. I'm going to read it in the King James Version of the Bible. 
Please follow along in any version you feel comfortable in. And the Bible says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the family in heaven and earth is named, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length, breadth, and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Then the Bible goes on to verse 20. And the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, the Bible then says, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And Paul ends it and says, Amen. The beautiful thing about it is what Paul lays out in that prayer are the four or five steps that will enable us to come to a place where we believe in any situation or circumstance. And so let's have a look at those steps. The first one is this. Paul reaches out to the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says he asked the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. He asked God to pour out your Holy Spirit so that he may strengthen us on our inside. Now, that's a very interesting phrase, so let's pause. So let's understand something before we say anything else and before we go to the Scripture. When you are reaching for healing concerning your heart, the first place you go is to God who made it. Not to your own strength. So Paul realizes that it is beyond the work of a human being to heal your heart. And let me say that, I didn't say this in the first service, but I will say this here. That means your heart will not be healed in a car, a person, a relationship, or an attitude. It will not be healed in when you get an increase at work, neither will it be healed if you end up on the other side of the world in a wonderful situation whereby you have four cars, two skyscrapers, and three dogs. It's not going to work. The deal is this. When you want healing for your heart, you have to go to the manufacturer. And this is how Paul puts it. So come with me, ladies and gentlemen, please, to Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. And the Bible says the following that the God, that Paul is praying again for the same church in Ephesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be and being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ Jesus, in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, what Paul is saying, he's saying the same thing, that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. He breaks it down. He said God will give you the spirit of wisdom so that you will see things as God sees things. He will give you revelation in the knowledge of him. That means God, when he gives you the spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit will do what? He will reveal Jesus to you. 
And revelation is quite important, and that's where we want to focus. Now, the rest of it says that when revelation and wisdom come together, the Bible says the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. That's what we call a light bulb moment. And the Bible then, and the Bible goes on and says quite a few other things, but I'll, fo- I'll stay with revelation. Because the question, is, the, the, uh, the thing I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When something about the Lord God is revealed to you, along with the revelation comes ability to do something you couldn't do before. I don't know whether, I, 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 have a partic- I have both types of phones. I have an iPhone and I have a Samsung phone and I have an Android phone, both of which are equally complicated. And you, you, you spend time sometimes wondering, what can my phone do? And every now and again, you, get a, you find a piece of information, either on the internet or in the manual, that you realize, oh, my phone can do this. And my children laugh at me when I find out, and I'm doing all sorts of things, like putting voice notes on my phone or talking to my watch, and it it makes things happen on my phone. Notice, when something about a product is revealed to you by the manufacturer, it brings with it ability. And so the first thing that Paul says is that may the Holy Spirit strengthen you on your inside so that Jesus becomes real in your heart, so you understand something about him. Um, I will pick on a scripture, and I'll I'll present this to you in scripture so that it's clear. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 to 19. The Bible says the following. Matthew 16, 15 to 19. He saith unto them, this is Jesus speaking, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father that is in heaven. Verse 18, Jesus keeps talking. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice, when Peter picks up revelation concerning Jesus, ability to do something is transferred to him. The first step of healing is where the Holy Spirit causes Jesus to be revealed in your heart. Not all of him just a part, and that will begin the process of healing. Step two. Step two, the Bible says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And this is what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that our faith begins and is made perfect in what the Lord Jesus, what God has done, what the Lord God has done through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is, what, let me put this in simple terms and then I'll read the scripture. Faith, ladies and gentlemen, is the belief that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. And he is willing to do on your behalf what he has promised you. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we look at, when the Bible says that Jesus Christ will dwell in our hearts by faith, it means we will come to believe that through Jesus Christ, God has done all that he has promised. And so, the, I'll read a scripture to you to back that up. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2, reading from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize, God, it's going to take us a lifetime to discover, develop, and deploy all that Jesus has won on our behalf. It's going to take us a lifetime. And so just to drive that point home, and this is what I want you to realize, God has done so much for us through Jesus Christ. I'm going to pick on one thing, one thing because of time. Please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. So we'll look at one of the things that Jesus has done, and it's not necessarily common. I'm going to read the Bible. The Bible says the following, Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in this world, but now in Christ, ye who were sometimes were far off, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. Pause. That means, ladies and gentlemen, what has God done for you in Christ? Let's do some mirror reading. The Bible says without Christ, these are the things that happened. But now you are in Christ. And so the following is true of you. Number one. You are now part of the commonwealth of Israel. The popular way to say it is that the blessings of Abraham are now yours. That means anything negative concerning you has been turned around and replaced with a blessing that God placed upon Abraham. The Bible says strangers from the covenants of promise. That means you are no longer a stranger from the covenants of promise. Now you have the rights to the covenants of promise as a son or an heir. That means you have inherited the promises exactly as Jesus has. That means when you declare that by, by the stripes of Jesus I am healed, God makes it happen because of what Jesus has done, and all of a sudden you begin to see miracles happen. The Bible says having no hope, now that you, have, you are in Christ, your hope is anchored in him, and because he is already a success, your hope cannot be taken. The Bible says you are without God in this world, but now in Christ you are sometimes who were far off have been made nigh. Let's put it in simple context. The Bible says because of Christ, wherever you are, God is. And put that against another scripture and, that will, and I'll move on there. And it's this one, Luke 1 verse 37. The Bible says for with God, 
nothing shall be impossible. That means, ladies and gentlemen, because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, wherever you are and wherever you are in the world, God is with you right there. He's the one that will do the heavy lifting and he's the one that's going to make the miracles happen. That means anything that was impossible for you up till this point becomes possible because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what I want you to understand is that is just one thing that Jesus has done. There are hundreds. And so we'll move on. So what does Paul say? He said that the Holy Spirit will cause Jesus to become real in your hearts and you will interact with that by faith. You will accept that what God has done is done on your behalf, that God is willing to do it for you and he has already made it a reality in Christ Jesus. Let's go on to the third thing. The third thing that Paul says is that you are rooted and grounded in love. Let me put that in simple terms, ladies and gentlemen. It means that your sustenance and your stability are now coming from the Lord. Your sustenance, that which causes you to grow and develop, and your stability, that which enables you to endure or go through challenges and circumstances are coming from the Lord. We realize that the optimum environment for a human being to function in is the one that the Lord determined, and that is in love. Now, love has many definitions, and so let's have a look at the one that God lays out for us. Please turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. The Bible says the following. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation that is full and final payment for our sins. Pause for a moment. Let's understand what love is, and then we'll un we'll, it will, we, we will scratch the surface of what God's love is for you and I. Love is the sacrificial provision of God's good to another in a way or manner that you might receive it. And I'll give you an example. There are many, but let's think of a baby. A baby is extremely hungry, and they start crying. You have, this is a brand new baby, six months old. You've been told to look after the baby and you, the baby is crying and the baby is hungry. And you think, okay, when I am hungry, KFC works for me. There are many other chicken shops, but KFC works for me. You realize, baby, okay, I have a bucket of chicken. You can have the legs, I'll have the thighs. We're all good. The baby will starve to death. Why? You're giving the baby what it needs, but you're not giving it in a way that the baby can receive it. If you want to feed the baby, you either give them milk or you give them chicken in a state of form that the baby can ingest and digest at their age and ability. Do we agree? That means when God provides good for you and I, as he has done in Jesus Christ, he has put all the wonderful things that Jesus has won for us at your disposal 
within the abilities that all of us have. Now, this is, you may wonder, say, oh, but what, what are those abilities? It's one. Notice, every human being has the ability to believe. To accept something as true with or without evidence. And so Jesus said, if you believe, whatever I have is available to you. Whether it be deliverance, whether it be guidance, whether it be health, whether it be hope, whether it be strength, whatsoever it is. Jesus says, if you can believe that I've done it, it's yours. Meaning, the Lord has put at your disposal what you need the most, but he has brought it in a way or manner that you can receive it. That is what love is. Notice, think of the biggest decisions of your life and God made sure that you made the right choices because he made sure the circumstances suited your ability. That might have mean a parent being focused enough to guide you down a path or you having a focus and saying, this is what I want to do, and only one person fit the bill, or you find yourself having eight or ten choices, and the one teacher you speak to says, this is what I think you should do, and it changes your life forever. The love of God has been at work long before you and I realized. Let me go to step four. Step four, the Bible says that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. So pause for a moment. The kind of heart that God looks for, ladies and gentlemen, is one that he makes himself. And I'm going to read from Colossians 2, verses 9 to 10. And the Bible says the following, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, or ye, are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Pause. Who are they talking about? Jesus Christ. That means when Jesus comes into your heart as Lord and Savior, the Bible says the fullness of God comes with him. That means God fills your heart with what he is looking for himself. But let's drive this home because this is probably the most important point. The Bible says the following. Let me read to you Ephesians 1. And I'm going to read verses 21 and 23, which is the end of Paul's prayer that we looked at earlier. And this is what, this is what Paul said. The, Paul said, far above all principality and power, speaking of Jesus Christ, and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, that's you and I, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, meaning Through Jesus Christ, God will fill you with himself. And the reason I say that is so important is this. Let's go back to the kind of heart that God looks for. 
The kind of heart that God looks for is one that is what? Complete. The Bible says you are complete in Christ. So when you are walking in Christ, when your heart belongs to God through Christ, your heart is exactly where God wants it to be and the healing has begun. The Bible says that God is looking for a heart that is friendly or committed towards him. When you are walking in Christ, the Bible says very clearly that you become part of Christ's body, the body of him that filleth all in all. So you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The third one, and this is where I'm quite excited, is this. The Bible says the kind of heart that God is looking for is one that is full. And the fullness of God, not just full with anything, but all the fullness of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Bible says Jesus makes it a reality in your heart. And let me put that in a simple scripture and then we'll come to a close. The kind of heart that God looks for, ladies and gentlemen, is one that he makes himself. So let me read a scripture to you, and I hope this raises your hopes concerning your heart. Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. Pause. Ladies and gentlemen, that means when it comes to your heart, the manufacturer will do the work through his medium of creation, which is his word. The Bible says that John chapter 1 verse 3, that God made all things through his word. The instrument of healing that God will use to heal your heart is his word. And so we come to the conclusion. Why was that so important? And this is how Paul ends the prayer. And this is why you realize this is how God causes us to believe. Paul ends the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He ends it like this. He says, now. Pause for a moment. He says, now unto him. But now is important. Because the other place that now precedes people that believe is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Meaning, when you are filled with God like this, you now stand on the threshold of the Lord causing to happen what he made to happen to the people in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Paul says it this way. He says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly 
above all that you may ask or think according to the power that worketh within you. Pause for a moment. What power? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive what? Power, ability, efficiency, and might. And you will be able to be my witnesses. That means you will be able to represent me with confidence and veracity, irrespective of where you are being questioned. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all over the world. What am I saying? Ladies and gentlemen, when you are filled with God, your plans become his. That means God will take you where he can take you through his ability, not where you can get to through your ability. Think about it this way, and I'll close with this. Walking to America, as much as I, and I live in the United Kingdom, sometimes I enjoy walking. We, we do it for exercise. I would love to walk to America, but it's impossible. Simple reason, there's a massive body of water between the United Kingdom and America. Walking on water is not one of my skill sets yet, so I can't do it. But if I get into an aeroplane and all I have to do is sit down. The aeroplane makes what is impossible for me possible. When you are filled with the almighty God, what is impossible for you simply because he is present and he fills you, what was impossible for you becomes possible because impossible is possible for him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have two calls as I close. One of them is this. The first one is this. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't have a relationship with him, we encourage you as a church and I encourage you personally to reach out to him now. What does he say? He says, if you believe that I died for you, paid the price for your sins, and you ask me to come into your life, I will do so, and the result will be you will be saved. And wherever you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, that stands true. The Bible says it, and we are living proof that when you reach out to Jesus, ask him to come into your life, irrespective of the condition of your life, salvation comes to you. And ladies and gentlemen, if it be that you are here or you're watching anywhere in the world and your heart is broken, then we ask the Lord, just like Paul did, to do the following. We pray that God will pour out his spirit upon you wherever you are so that the Holy Spirit gives you strength so that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith so that you being rooted and grounded in love 
may be able to comprehend from this day forward what is the length, breadth, depth and height and to know this love of Christ which passes knowledge. And we pray that from this day forward, irrespective of your circumstances, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. We pray, and this is our prayer, and we join our faith with yours, that now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatsoever you may have asked or thought, he will cause that to happen in your life, not by your strength, but by the power that now works within you. The outcome, ladies and gentlemen, is that in your life, in your circumstances, and in your situations, God will be glorified. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you.